So I'm going I'm to give you the word today, and I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, and uh, I'm not giving you anything that I haven't already preached. I'm just going to give you a little faith reminder, and I'm going to give you some things I do every day that I want, I want you to do, and I want you to believe God with me. So I'm going to give you five things to do when life feels out of control. Uh, when it feels out of control. It is out of control. You just don't always feel it because sometimes you feel secure and sometimes you, the things lie to you and tell you everything's fine. But like, I mean, we got, a, we got a, an aggressive flu going around and our world is upside down. That's how, that's how fragile this world system is. That's how fragile life is. So we need, we need, we need the word. And we need, we need a, we need God like never before. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray now that as I preach your word, you would anoint me. The power of the Holy Spirit, you would anoint every person in the room to hear the word of God. I pray that today's word would infuse faith in the life of your people and it would begin to eradicate fear. I'm praying in Jesus' name, let your word go deep in our hearts. You said, build your life on the rock so that when the storms of life come, it would not be blown away. So we're choosing today not to build our life on the sand of temporary culture and safety, but to build our life on the eternal principles of God's word. We love your word, honor your word, and now we lean into your word. Speak, Holy Spirit, we are listening. In the name of Jesus Christ and the whole church said amen and amen. Thank you, brother. I'll start with something funny just to lighten the mood. Uh, Three weeks ago, people would cough whenever they passed gas to cover their cough. I mean, cover their gas, but now they're passing gas to cover their cough. Has anyone coughed this week and everyone just... I would encourage you not to cough or pass gas during this message, okay? Because you're going to get some judgmental eyes on you either way. Number one, take a note today. Number one, you need to watch your soul. We've been talking a lot about washing our hands, but we need to watch our soul. Here's what I mean by that. You need to protect your soul. You need to protect uh, the core of who you are. You need to be, specifically, you need to be informed and you need to be wise. But some of y'all are a glutton for punishment. You are spending every waking moment on Facebook. You're spending every waking moment on the news. And yet the news is not telling you anything different than it told you two hours ago the last time you watched. It might be a different talking head, but they're saying the same thing. You need need to be informed. You need to read your articles. You need to catch up on what's happening during the day. But don't be so oversaturated with bad news. It will mess you up. Let me just tell you, I'm just going to keep it real with you. We're gonna, this is going to be around for a while. So if you're this freaked out for the next three to six months, you're going to get sick. And it's going to be the coronavirus. <laughs> you're going to get an ulcer. You're going to get digestive issues. You're going you're to get sick. You cannot stay at this high alert that you're at right now for the next year. Okay? So we, 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 we were on the... the glutton for punishment all week. We've been eating as much bad news as we, you're gonna have to change that, okay? 
It was, it was amazing. I was talking to a friend from Australia, and he said, Javen, we freaked out six weeks ago. Y'all just didn't freak out till the NBA was canceled. <laughs> He's like, we got our toilet paper a month ago. And all of a sudden this week, all the men are like, the final four is canceled? What? We need to pray. We need to pray. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> He's like, we already freaked out. Y'all just starting to freak out. It's going to be, you, you, you can't live that way for the next three weeks, next month, next six months. You're, you're going to have to guard your soul. You're going to have to watch your soul because it's going to be a pretty tough time, I believe, for the next few weeks and months. Uh, the next few weeks as this thing kind of rises and crashes and different things happen, and the next few months as the financial recovery has to kick back in and people go back to work and people get, is this going to be a trying time? This is not a time that you just feed on bad news all day because it will literally mess you up. You, you need to be careful. Let me just remind you of this. Our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is not surprised by what's going on. He said in Luke 24, Matthew 24, that in the last days there would be pestilence. There would be trying times. There would be wars and rumors of wars. There would be famine. There would, there would be these kind of issues. And you go, well, Jabin, are we in the last days? According to the apostle Peter, we've been in the last days since the resurrection. So yes, we're in the last days. Does that mean Christ is coming back tomorrow? I don't know. I don't think so. But, I, but I'll say that he's not surprised by this. He said these kind of things would happen. And so I'm actually, I find comfort in the fact that Jesus is not freaking out. I'm freaking out, but he ain't freaking out. And if he's not freaking out, I need to get on his wavelength. John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Think about what Jesus just said. He said, I'm telling you this stuff up front. So that when it happens, your whole world doesn't collapse. In this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say, believe in me, make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, pray this prayer, and you'll never have another issue. He said, life at times will feel like trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So we find peace. In the fact that Jesus is at peace. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Let me tell you what's happening in First Thessalonians 4. Paul is talking about death. And he says that when people, when Christians die, we grieve. We just don't grieve like those with no hope. So let me give you the permission right now. You can grieve. You can actually be afraid. You can actually be freaking out a little bit. You can actually be feeling the weight of, you know, I don't know how many times I've seen faith over fear, faith over fear. I get it. But I can have faith and fear and hope and grief all at the same time because I'm a human. So my spirit's saying faith and my soul is saying, no. And my body's going, am I hot or do I have a fever? Ah, you know. Can we just be real? You can grieve. You just lost your job. You can grieve. 
You don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. You can grieve. You're wondering what to do with your kids. You can just, but I grieve with hope, not without hope. I feel the weight of the moment, but I have hope that my best is yet to come. I feel, the, I feel the pressure of the moment, but I believe that God is working all things together for my good because I'm called according to his purpose. Come on, somebody. Be okay with, I have, I have this emotion that I'm feeling. I have this fear that I'm feeling, but I don't fear like the world fears. I don't grieve like the world grieves. I don't worry like the world worries. I, I still deal with it. I just deal with it differently. I deal with it in hope. So I'm making decisions with hope in mind. Romans 8, 35. Let me just give you some Holy Ghost Novocaine right here. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written. For your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Come on, say amen right there. Come on. For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation including viruses will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm gonna let you all praise God for that scripture one time before we move on. Come on. We're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors and we currently have something to conquer. First and foremost, fear. First and foremost, how this is going to affect our economy and how it's going to affect our, our living situation. But we can conquer. Romans 8, the whole chapter is written to a church that is struggling, a church that is being persecuted, a church that is suffering. And Paul tells this church who is going through it, you're more than a conqueror. You can make it. This, this, this light affliction, he calls it, cannot be compared to the glory that God has for you. Watch your soul, y'all. Can you say amen? Number two, wash yourself in the word. Wash yourself in the word. Ephesians 5, 26. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. In this season, you need a soul bath every day. <laughs> I'm asking you every morning to get something from the scripture. Just, just get something in your spirit. It, it might be a sermon. It might be a podcast. It might be a devotional. Uh, it might be something from the YouVersion Bible app. It might be a, a, a devotional that you're reading. It might be a Christian book. But get something in your spirit from the word. And then before you go to bed at night, again, read the word. Get in the word and wash all that doubt and unbelief and fear that all throughout the day, it's hitting you. Yeah. It's airborne. Y'all know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to, but it is. It's everywhere. It's every, so one person sneezes by you and you freak out and you got to get back in the word. You got to stay. Now be wise, of course. Be clean, of course. Be careful, of course. I don't have so much faith that I'm like, come on, somebody sneeze on me. No, of course not. I'm... <laughs> We're all, we're all going to be smart, but at the same time, I've got to stay in the word or, or my jacked up imagination will get the best of me and I'll just go to a dark place. 
Luke 8.18, pay attention to how you hear. Man, you got to be careful what you're letting in. You got to be careful how much you're listening to bad news. You got to be careful. We're, and we're hearing so much information that's true, that's scary, and then we're hearing so much misinformation. That this is a bioweapon and that some psychic declared this was going to happen, which is not true, and that some dude wrote a book about this in the 80s. That's not true. And all this, all this junk that we believe, and it just gets, so you got, you got truth hitting you, you got facts hitting you, you got false facts hitting you, you got lies hitting you, you got, you got all this stuff, you, and you're just, man, you're just being bombarded. You got to be careful how you hear. Yes. Just tell you got to be careful how you hear. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. And I've said this before, fear comes by hearing. But faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Read the word, listen to the word. Put it on your screensaver. Say it, declare it, write it down. Read it, listen to it, put it on your screensaver. Say it, declare it, write it down. Ooh, it's a good song, I'm gonna write me a song. Read it, listen to it, put it on your screensaver. Say it, declare it, write it down. Get, get the word in you through worship music. Like we just prayed that, that beautiful prayer from number six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's right from scripture. Get the word in you. Get worship going in your, in your car, in your house. Get, get the Holy Spirit moving in your life. Get in the word of God. Wash yourself in the word. Number three, this is a big one. Some of y'all have never done this before. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? It's deep. Pray. Wow, what a word. Pray for me, pastor. No, pray, man. When are you gonna pray? When are you gonna get a prayer life? It's probably a good time. If you were wondering when you should take prayer to the next level, this is probably it. I just, shivers. Psalm 107, verse 19. How many know, by the way, if you come to see, like, I just say all this stuff all the time anyway. I'm just, okay. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Now, verse 20 is a response to 19. They cried, verse 20, and he sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destruction. And when I, when I pray, God sends his word and delivers me and heals me. James 5.13, Pastor James sounds like Pastor Jabin. Any of y'all suffering? You should pray. It's, it's crazy because I'm gonna do a series on James this year and I was thinking, when do I do it and how do I do it? And I think we're gonna have to do it soon because there's a lot in James that we need right now in this season. Um, are you suffering? Are you scared? Did you just lose your job? Are you wondering what's going to happen next? Are you, are you fearful for your children? Are you wondering about school? Are you wondering about what we're going to do? What's the next decision? What do we pray? Pray. This is a time to pray. Pray about everything. If you think about it, pray about it. If you're worried about it, pray about it. If you're talking about it, pray about it. If you're freaked out, pray about it. I, I've, I have been hit with 
different emotions this week of panic and what do we do and how do I navigate this, God? And what do I, what's the best decision? Even, even doing service today, it's like, do we do service? Do we not do service? That guy isn't doing service. So that guy is doing service. Are we supposed to do? I, I'm just telling you, this is a season you've got to pray. And when you talk to God, God will talk back to you. And, and let me remind you that, I mean, talk to God about everything. God, I'm afraid. God, I'm worried. God, I'm fearful. God, talk to him. When you, go to, when you go to prayer this week, think of yourself like you're going to a counselor. You're laying on that couch and you're just talking. Just talk. Just open up. Share what's going on in your life. Share what's going on in your heart. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you. God says, talk to me, I'll talk to you. Pray to me, I'll talk to you. Ask me and I'll talk to you. Call to me and I will answer you. Romans 12, 12. Constantly rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ. Steadfast and patient in distress. Y'all, you're gonna need, we're gonna need patience. We're gonna need patience. We're just gonna need patience to get through this. It's, it's, it's not disappearing Tuesday. Life will not be the same for a while. We're gonna need patience. And some of you are judging me going, well, you need more faith, preacher. No, Paul tells the Romans he did not say, you need more faith. He said, you need more patience. He said, you're going through a tough season. And in this tough season, you need patience to get through it. We're just going to need patience. Continuing, devoted to prayer. So I'm constantly rejoicing. I'm steadfast in patience. And I'm devoted to prayer. Continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. That's from the Amplified, which is awesome. Okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly rejoicing in hope for better days. But I'm being steadfast in my patience. I mean, I'm just holding on and I'm just, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere, I'm here. And then I'm, I'm devoted, I'm as devoted to, Jabin, how devoted to prayer should I be? As devoted as you are to Purell. Come on, somebody. Javen, how much should I pray every time you wash your hands? <laughs> Which is a lot right now. Okay? Pray, 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 pray. Even if it's just saying Jesus. Even if it's just a deep breath and just, okay, Lord. Acts 4.30. Stretch out your hand with healing power. Oh, man, do we need this scripture. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Y'all ready to pray this with me? Come on, lift your hands up to heaven. Everyone out loud say, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Come on, say amen to that right there. That's from the book of Acts. As the apostles had just been beaten for preaching the gospel, they had just been in prison for preaching the gospel, and the Bible says that as soon as they get out of prison, the first thing they did is they rejoiced because they were found worthy of being persecuted for Christ. And then they begin to pray, now God, do more miracles. Look what it goes on to say, and after that prayer, the meeting place shook. That's the kind of shook I want to be in this season. Some of y'all shook. I'm trying to have this kind of shook in my life. 
and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They preached the word of God with boldness. And I'm telling you, that's what we need. This is a time to be people of hope, be people of light, be giving good news to people who are going through. They need to see a difference in this moment. Pray over yourself. Pray for your friends and family. By the way, this is a great thing to do. If you're fearful, one of the best things to do is not pray for yourself. Pray for other people. Get, just get your mind off of you for a second. Pray for the people with the virus. Pray, pray for people. Uh, pray for doctors. Pray for nurses. Pray for people who are currently working on vaccinations and cures. Uh, pray. Pray for people who have lost their jobs. If you have not lost your job yet, pray for them. Don't just pray, God, don't let me lose my job. Pray for people who currently are in need and are struggling. Pray, pray, pray. Just pray. Just pray. Pray. I wish I could say it better than that. Pray. Number four. All right. Y'all ready? We're going to get deep now. Anoint with oil. Oh, great. Is he one of those guys? Yes. Y'all already knew that. Anoint with oil. I've been thinking about this all week. God, why anoint with oil? Why did you, why did you say this? Why did you? We have this instruction to anoint with oil with no explanation. And here's what I really think it is. I think that God knew that our faith would be weak. So he gave us this physical thing to do to attach our faith to it. So because he knew our faith would be weak, he gave us a, a, a visible representation of, of, of the presence of God so that we could release. We don't, we don't have faith in the oil, but it gives us a, a place to release our faith. Does that make sense? It gives us something to connect our faith to. And I think that's why it's important. And that's why anointing with oil is important. Mark 6, and they cast out many demons. Now, here's what's crazy about this scripture. Leave it up there. Uh, the Bible does not give us the conversation before this. So we don't have why Jesus told them to anoint with oil. He just says, anoint with oil. So they went out, they cast out demons, they anointed with oil, and many who were sick were healed. So I think Jesus knew that these young disciples who did not have a lot of faith needed something. So he said, when you go out and lay hands on the sick, anoint them with oil. And I think it was a faith release for the disciples and the same is true for us. James chapter five, verse 14, any among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Again, I think it just, I think it releases Faith in people. Exodus 40, verse 19. Then, are y'all still okay? We okay? You shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle. Everyone say, my house. house. Okay, because I'm asking you to do this. By the way, we've anointed this place. Before there was ever carpet, we anointed this place with oil. And And we believe that this would be a tabernacle for God to meet. But I want you to anoint your house and all that is in it. I want you to anoint your cats, your dogs, your parakeets, your children, your refrigerator, your couch. I want you to anoint everything and consecrate it and all its furniture so it may become holy. It consecrates. Now, be careful when you anoint with oil at your house because it's going to leave a mark. So don't go, "Ah," put a big old greasy hand on your front door and then you can't wipe it off, okay? Pentecostal problems, amen. Hashtag Pentecostal. 
Here's what I would say, though. Get just a little touch of oil. If you got olive oil, hey, man, I can't find olive oil right now. Get you some Crisco, butter. I'm a Mexican, which means we always have bacon grease. After you cook your bacon, you drip, drip. You don't throw that. That's gold, y'all. What you talking about? Y'all laughing, but that's a real, that's really, it's at our house right now. Put that on toast, whatever. It's good. Put it on your forehead for a little anointing. It's good. Find you some grease. Okay, so here's the deal. You, you anoint your doors, anoint your windows, anoint your children every day with oil. I anointed my wife and daughter last night with oil. I anointed myself with oil. I, I anoint with oil. We anoint with oil. It's, you're crazy. I'm crazy. I'm trying to be crazy right now. I'm, 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 I'm believing God right now. We're anointing with oil. I'd ask you, anoint your children with oil. It's a representation. It's a picture of the presence of God. So you anoint your child every day before they go out to school, before they go out. You anoint them with oil in the name of Jesus, and you declare they're healed. You declare they're strong. You declare they're protected. You declare they're covered. You declare that God's hand is upon them. You do it over yourself. You do it over your house. You, you declare that corona cannot come into your house, that sickness and disease must pass over your home. That no fear, that no pestilence, that though a thousand fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. Psalm 91 verse 10 says, it will not come near your dwelling. We believe. We believe. So this is a declaration I'm declaring over myself. I am healed. I am recovering. I am getting stronger. Write that down. Put it everywhere you can. I'm healed. I'm recovering. I'm getting stronger. That's my declaration over my family. We are healed, we are recovering, we are getting stronger in Jesus' name, amen. Of course, are we doing all the things in the natural that we know to do? Of course, but I'm giving you spiritual things that you can do every day. And I do believe in the days ahead as we're sitting in our house, bored, and we've watched every Netflix series possible. And we're tired of the news. You're going, to need, you're going to need to do some spiritual things, y'all. All right, number five, I'm done. Receive communion daily. Receive communion daily. Well, Jabin, I don't have one of those cute little communion cups that we pass out. You don't need it. You just need something to eat and something to drink, okay? I'm going to give you a very sobering passage of Scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And it should be sobering, and, but you should, it, it should show you the, the supernatural power of communion. So anyone who eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. This is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Okay, heavy scripture. Let me explain it. In this day, 
the Corinthians and other early church in this time would have always gathered and had a meal before service. And it would have been their communion moment. So this was not eating a cracker and drinking some juice. This was a full meal. And what was happening is people were overindulging. They were eating too much and they were getting drunk. And so those in the front of the line were eating a lot and were getting drunk. And those at the back of the line never even got food or drink. And so I just want you to imagine how sick this is. You're in the house of God worshiping and people are are blitzed, drinking alcohol, eating food. Other people are starving. This is a, I mean, the Corinth, the church in Corinth was jacked, y'all. If you want, if you want to feel better about yourself, read 1 Corinthians. These people <laughs> were a mess. Okay, they were in all kind of different issues. And Paul goes, God is not going to do this. And if you don't treat communion as sacred, there will be judgment. That's literally what he said. Now, he's not talking about, yeah, you know, I made a mistake this week and then I took communion. God's going to judge me. That's not what this is. That's how I grew up. Like, yo, you better take communion in a worthy manner. God's going, no, it's not I cussed this week and now I can't take communion because I made, that's not what this is. This was a perversion of the communion table and it's, it's nothing we've ever done, okay? But I want you to capture this. I want you to think about this. Paul said, because you don't honor the body of Christ, many are sick and dying. I would like to say this. So if I do honor the body of Christ, many will be healed and their life will be extended. So if I can take it in an unworthy manner and receive nothing from it, I can take it in a worthy manner and receive from it. So communion is not a religious little thing that I do. Communion is supernatural. Let me just remind you, this is why we take some of this stuff very seriously. We take baptism very seriously because it's not you getting wet. It's you making a public declaration that I have died with Christ and I've been raised in a new life. It's spiritual. This is why we take marriage very seriously. This isn't signing a contract. This is a covenant between you and God, and God says that our souls become one. This is a big deal. And this is why communion is important. This is not a mid-service snack. This is remembering and honoring the broken body of the Lord Jesus. When I receive communion, I declare Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus rose from the dead, and Jesus is coming back again. And I honor the work of the cross. It is finished. And now when I receive communion, I receive healing, I receive long life, I receive breakthrough, I receive everything that Jesus died on the cross to give me. So I don't take it casually. I take it seriously, and I believe something can actually happen. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to take communion as a family. Um, Even if that just means at dinner or lunch or breakfast, whenever you eat together as a family, uh, or if if you're a, a family that's really busy and all over the place and you can't eat together, even if it's just right before bread, or right before bed, <laughs> you get a little bread. You give everyone a little piece of bread. You get uh, even if it's just a little glass of water, and you pray, and you say, "Father, I thank you that you died. Uh, uh, th- that you th- sent Jesus. Jesus, that you died for us. That you paid the ultimate price for us. 
that you rose again on the third day, we receive everything you died for. We receive everything you rose again for. We place our faith only and completely in you. And then we receive. And in that, I believe there's healing and I believe there's miracles. And I believe it's something in this season, I believe it's important. So I want you to do these things. I want you to do these things daily. I want you to set your mind, book of Colossians, I want you to set your mind on things above. Not on earthly things. Not on temporal things. We're learning how temporal life really is right now. But on the eternal things of God. And these are things we can do daily. These are things you can do with your family. These are things you can do at your home. These are things you can do with your roommates. These are things you can begin to practice right now that will infuse your family with faith and begin to drive out the fear out of our homes in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Y'all learn anything today? Come on, give God some praise.